The living room is where you make life's most beautiful memories. But your sofa shouldn't be the one remembering them. The new life-resistant, high-performance furniture collection from Ashley is designed to withstand all the spills, slip-ups, and muddy paws that come with the best parts of life. Ashley high-performance sofas and recliners are soft, on-trend, and easy to clean. Shop the high-performance furniture in-store or online at ashley.com. Ashley, for the love of home. Nine, four, eight, one. It's B-Day, guys. <laughs> We're recording this on Beyonce's birthday. September 4th. Everyone here is wearing a leotard. <laughs> uh, those are body suits. That's true. Yes, yeah. yes. And thigh-high boots. We're all wearing those. Kicking wildly under the table. Uh, and I just got back from New Orleans because Beyonce's mom is... Louisiana. That's right. What on earth did you do in New Orleans? It's like gayish, right? You can do gay things there? Yeah, it was Southern Decadence. This oh, I didn't know that. Oh, yeah. Okay. Um, it was fun. It was, I love Southern humidity, as I said, when we went to um, Bonnaroo. Everybody I, knows I love a Tennessee. Did you like that? You did, I don't remember you liking the humidity at Bonnaroo. I liked it on my skin. Like, okay. It makes my skin I just don't remember. Good. I just don't remember this being, I don't remember any of us being, wow, <laughs> I'm thrilled with the humidity we're feeling right now. I enjoy the weather of sharp objects. Yes, I understand. <laughs> uh, but no, the food was really great. And everyone there, um, I did a live podcast show and all of the people were very angry that Pod Save America has not been to New Orleans. Oh, God. And they said, keep it, should come to New Orleans first. So, okay. That seems more appropriate, doesn't may- it, guys? Maybe we will. <laughs> maybe. Uh, well, not if they're going to be all that bitchy about it. All right. <laughs> well, we can harass one of Pod Save America's hosts later about that because <laughs> John Lovett is on the show today. We're going to teach him how to do a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I think he got sad that we invited Tommy on before him. But I think a war would have broken out if we hadn't invited Tommy on first. Oh, of course. Yeah, we. it, it was necessary. Lewis would have revolted. No, <laughs> right. Why? Burst into tears right on the radio. All right, let's get this damn thing started. The Queen of Soul herself, Aretha Franklin... Had her Reba McIntyre? Oh no, Re- Aretha Franklin. You're right. All right, Lewis. Uh, <laughs> a little, little early for the for the Reba jokes, Lewis. <laughs> More to come. <laughs> Aretha's funeral was last Friday, and it was live streamed just by about every major outlet. Lasted eight fucking hours, <laughs> <laughs> uh, and it featured people like Bill and Hillary Clinton, Clive Davis, Tyler Perry, Jennifer Lewis, Cicely Tyson, along with singers. Jennifer Hudson, Ariana Grande, Fantasia, Shaka Khan, Stevie Wonder, Faith Hill, no Reba. Not yet. The, the ceremony's still going on. <laughs> you never know. To be honest, besides celebrating Aretha, there was also plenty of drama mm-hmm. at the funeral, which, of course, in eight hours, you'd expect My first something. sign that something might go awry is when I saw Pete Davidson. And if you had told me... Two years ago, a year ago, Pete Davidson was going to be sitting VIP at Aretha Franklin's funeral. I would have smacked you where you stood. (laughs) And like, I get it. I know he's there with Ariana Grande. I know why he's there. But it just, he was like one of the first images I saw of the funeral. It was like everyone coming in and greeting each other. I was like, the fuck is Pete Davidson doing there? He's a 17-year-old white boy who dresses like Larry David. And he gets to be in the front row. (laughs) But like Larry David, if Larry David bought all his clothes on Fairfax. Yeah. (laughs) I love the concept of celebrity plus ones over time. Because (laughs) you always get to look back and be like, oh, yes, you were dating this random person then. Yes. And that is why they are at this event. You were best friends with Busy Phillips then. Yes. <laughs> yes. Like when random people get to sit in the front row at the Oscars. Right. They're like, who are you? How did you get there? Pete Davidson will be at many events oh, for God, years to I come. I know. I know. <laughs> they both will be because they're so crossover. But she, she, I get. Yes. Um, I like that she is ascending to... You know, young pop stardom now because the old guard is moving she, on. And but, she got groped on uh, national television yeah. so, by a clergy member. 
Bishop Charles Ellis III had to apologize for not only groping Ariana Grande during the live stream, but also making a joke about how he thought her name was a Taco Bell menu item. When I saw Ariana Grande on the program, I thought that was a new something at Taco Bell. First thought. First thought. What was that? First of all, Starbucks is more appropriate. I think we all like noticed that joke first, and yeah. it kept being like replayed on Twitter and everything. Because I wasn't watching the funeral live. I was traveling at the moment. But everyone kept being like, this bishop is wilding out. Wilding out. His hands are like on her boob. Right. And then when you look closer, you could notice that he was like basically touching her boob. Uh And then his fingers, a close up, you could see they were just like clutching at her. Also, she was, she looked incredibly uncomfortable. She was like leaning away from him. He's sort of like holding her close to him and she's leaning away, trying to get as far away from him as possible. And then if you can believe it, he wasn't the only clergy member who acted up at this funeral. (laughs) Yes. He apologized for saying it would never be my intention to touch any woman's breasts. I don't know. I guess I put an arm around her. Maybe I crossed the border. Maybe I was too friendly or familiar. But again, I apologize. Fuck you. Trash. By the way, he was was groping her while he was like talking to the congregation. It was so casually done. You might Mm-hmm. You might not even look at where his hand was because it was so, shall I say, smooth. But it was disgusting upon further inspection. Well, yeah, and people also tried to play it off on social media because before that even happened, people were commenting about what Ariana was wearing to right, the funeral. Right, You know, trying to make it her fault, you know, for Betty booping it up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's what she does. She also, did. like Aretha, what... Aretha, in the later years of her... Do you remember there was the Aretha quote about her bosoms? Yes. yes uh-huh. It's like, Aretha wouldn't give a damn. <laughs> oh, that's when she schooled that lady, Liz yeah. Smith, right? Yeah, right. yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. She'd be like, Ariana, love the dresses, great performer, <laughs> young performer. <laughs> she, might, she might be a rare combination of great performer and great dresses. We'll yeah. never know. We'll yeah. never know. When you've got the beautiful gowns and <laughs> you're a great performer. <laughs> There was also a wild ass eulogy. <laughs> There's a whole b- bunch of bizarre <laughs> shit going on here. Reverend Jasper Williams Jr. basically came after Black America. He said he speech. said a single mother couldn't raise real black men. Aretha Franklin was a single mother by the fucking way. Yes. Um. He also said something about like black, black lives, lives don't matter. Do Black lives will not matter. Black lives ought not matter. Black lives should not matter. Black lives must not matter until black people start respecting black lives and stop killing ourselves. Black lives can never matter. CB Wonder had to yell, black lives do matter. You're making CB Wonder having to correct your ass in the middle of a funeral. And he was like, I think Stevie Wonder didn't understand what I said. God. Wait, so they do matter, but it's about a different (laughs) order of mattering. Who does it matter to and why? It's like Clue. In what room, at at what time, and with what weapons? I think it's something like 59% of millennials who grew up in the church Mm -hmm. have stopped going to church. And you see shit like this, and you're like, yeah, that's fucking crazy. That does not make me want to like show up on Sunday knowing that fucking Jasper Williams is going to be out here basically saying that black people deserve to die. Yeah, it made me nostalgic at first, you know, for like the black church. I was like, oh, I remember these events. Mm-hmm. I remember this long ass long shit that I would have to be sitting through. <laughs> and then when you hear about this, it's like, yeah, that's why most people don't go anymore <laughs> because it's not even just the... um you know, the gay stuff. He said, gays need to respect the straights. Straights need to respect the gays. Give me three reasons. Straights need to respect the gays. Gays need to respect the, the straights. The gays and the straights. The straights come into Spike TV. Uh, it's also the respectability politics that, you know, the older generations love to right. spout off. Uh, these, of course, were the people who probably loved Bill Cosby's pound cake speech. Oh, good lord! <laughs> By the way, uh, speaking of clergy at this ceremony, 
Uh, Jesse Jackson, very underreactive throughout the entire thing. He was sort of like the one I kept watching. I was like, is he going to like any performer? And I think he eventually liked Shaka Khan. Which That's is, because yeah. I mean, he Jesse was a... Jackson has been to like literally every funeral of every right. remotely famous black person for the last 30 years. Jesse Jackson is like, it, first of all, there's probably a high bar. He's like, I've been sitting front row at right. all these things. Like, I don't know. You really got to show out. I don't know why he was on stage. Yeah, right. The entire also, time. Center stage. Yeah, yeah, center stage. But, I mean, I would love to see, like, the bingo Jesse Jackson oh, sure. black funeral <laughs> game. You know, when you've been to so many black funerals, you don't have to pull a Michael Eric Dyson <laughs> and Instagram live the funeral <laughs> from your seat. A funeral which is already being live streamed. <laughs> <laughs> oh, is that a real thing that happened? Yes, he did. What was he like selling subscriptions? What the hell? I don't know. It was. I mean, people were. I feel like Aretha Franklin was such a diva in character. You're like, of course, her funeral was going to be ridiculous. Yeah, and it certainly, it certainly brought us um, some things to remember. Where but by the way, your... I was going to say, I don't know why I expected this to be anything but a gladiatorial event, but truly. Every performer came out. It was like they were shoved out there by guards, and they were like, all right, sing Amazing Grace and make it seven minutes longer than it needs to be. And then there were performances that were amazing, and then performances that were puzzling. Well, the the gospel singers, you know, um, know that church goes on too damn long. Right. Um, so they were on time with their singing. Uh <laughs> You know, most of them, like, hit their allotted segments. Uh, then you had other people deciding that a five-minute song could be sung in 15 minutes. Oh, right. Um, Excuse me, Fantasia, when she came, came out, she did a great job. She came out, and the first thing she does is say, can I take off my shoes? And for a split second, you think, oh, my God, she's going to do gymnastics. <laughs> then she bursts into the song and does the full, like, she knows how she's everything from, like, Aretha sounding too Daffy Duck. She does all the var variations in between. And by the end of the song, I'm telling you, she's like in the rafters, like uh, ushering Aretha to heaven herself. She almost is the only one that needed to perform. I know. Yeah. You almost should have just given Fantasia 20 minutes. We all would have sat there and called it a day. I believe she's also the one that Cicely Tyson straight up was crying at by the way i can't handle looking at cicely tyson crying that's very that's a very <laughs> shocking sight could you see it over the the, the, we, the tomb she was encased do in? not we are not gonna slander miss cicely's hat not on this podcast not on beyonce's birthday no we are not you leave her hat alone. That woman is like a hundred fucking years old. You let her do what she wants to do. I just well, of course, it was the first hat <laughs> ever created. <laughs> <laughs> she got it when she was born. My favorite performance was Shaka Khan. Shaka Khan deserves more credit just anyway. I mean, like their songs, like "Do You Love What You Feel" with uh, Rufus at midnight. There are these songs that I think would you could play them on the radio now. They're like summer jams for all time, and I want her to get more respect now. She's my dad's favorite female singer. Shaka Khan. She's so I've, I've, I've like grown up listening like Shaka Khan Saturday morning. The record is is blasting yes. through the house. Um, no, look, listen, I'm a big Rufus fan. Mm -hmm. um, so um, Shaka. Oh, and she read the lyrics off her fan. Yes. Oh yeah, that's <laughs> true. She did do that. She, she had to give us some drama. Um, Thank you, Shaka. Shaka, we love you. I know Aretha had a good time. It's her three costume changes. <laughs> yes. Uh, the red prompts. Red bottoms, ankles crossed. <laughs> Thank you, Aretha. Thank you for that. And you know she reacted in the coffin as much as she would have reacted when she was alive. So that's really the <laughs> nice thing about it. Yes. Also, I heard that during one of her shows, uh, Taylor Swift had a moment of silence <laughs> for Aretha, which okay. I really think is We're true. still off key. No. Yeah. It's truly appropriate. A moment of silence. <laughs> when we're back, Eminem is still alive. <laughs> Keep It is brought to you by Barefoot Dreams. Lewis? Yes? When you see Footprints in the Sand, that was when I carried you in my Barefoot Dreams rub. Now, is that a Leona Lewis song? <laughs> no?
Uh, if you want to bring coziness into your life, you turn to Barefoot Dreams, especially now as the brand is celebrating their 30th anniversary. With those 30 years of coziness, Barefoot Dreams celebrates being the originators of everyone's favorite luxe home blanket. And while many have attempted to duplicate their blankets, robes, and more, Barefoot Dreams' fabrication and quality cannot be replicated, so don't believe the dupes. Girl, this blanket is it. I effing love this blanket. I'm thinking about it right now, and I want to jump in my bed, which is sponsored by something that we'll do another ad for momentarily. Get ready. There's a reason why Barefoot Dreams has been on Oprah's favorite things list six times. Jesus, get a life, Oprah. My God. (laughs) Dressing head to toe in Barefoot Dreams is the key to comfort as their collection of ultra-soft robes, loungewear, and accessories are made with premium materials. Their products make the perfect gifts, too. Uh, I throw this thing on. I wear it like a shawl. I look exactly like Ellen Burstyn. And I am the coziest a human being can be. Because by the way, it's still that time in Los Angeles where it's like pretty mild outside and then your apartment is cold. I can't explain it. I don't know things like basic science. For Keep It listeners, you can get 15% off your first purchase at barefootdreams.com with the code KEEPIT15. Don't miss out on Barefoot Dreams' soft, soothing fabrics that will bring luxury to your life. Black Stories, Black Truths is a celebration of blackness from NPR and how I live my life every day. Oh, I'm glad to bear witness to it. <laughs> Each of NPR's black voices are as distinct, varied, and nuanced as the black experience itself. In the Black Stories, Black Truths collection, you'll hear stories of joy, resilience, empowerment, and creating world-shifting things out of a struggle. It sounds like you at Coachella. I'm already tuned in. Every episode is a living account about what it means to be black today, told from a unique black perspective, from Bobby Shmurda to The Wire Michelle Obama to reparations. There's no limit to the range of black stories, black truths. Black perspectives have it always been centered in the telling of America's story. Now they are the story. In NPR's Black Stories, Black Truths, you'll find a collection of some of NPR's best podcast episodes celebrating the black experience. Hear a feed of episodes from across NPR's podcasts that center black voices. It's NPR Noir. Turn on NPR today and hear a range of voices as very nuanced and black as the country we reflect. Stories should never be about us without us. Doesn't the black experience sound like a three-disc Prince album we never got? Someone check the vault, please. <laughs> Listen now to Black Stories, Black Truths from NPR wherever you get your podcasts. Eminem dropped his surprise 10th studio album Kamikaze. The surprise was that he thought any of us wanted it. Um, He takes issue with everyone from Joe Budden to Donald Trump, but the biggest issue is his use of the word faggot in his lyrics aimed at Tyler the Creator. Many on social media were quick to call out the rapper because even though the word is bleeped out for some reason, it's still silly that two decades later, He's still using homophobic slurs to prop himself up. I don't know why Eminem seems to have not evolved with the rest of his peers. He's like, <laughs> he did walk on water with Beyonce. Ooh, you know, don't I, don't I mention know. that on her birthday. I know. We are, <laughs> she, our gift like, to Beyonce is that we are forgetting walk on water. <laughs> uh, he did, I remember when he did Renegade with Jay-Z and it seemed like they were contemporaries. I even liked Eminem's rap better on that one but now it just seems like he is giving you the same thing over and over again he sounds the same too uh, so it really just sounds like unreleased tracks from 2004 that is when we saw him live in uh, Bonnaroo that was the shocking thing he sounds exactly the same but also okay so his justification for saying faggot on record was that he was quoting Tyler the creator who obviously uses it uh, to describe himself in addition to almost everybody he's ever met but yeah it's very weird because Tyler the creator had a period where he used it all the time, and he had the same sort of reasoning as Eminem, where he said, I don't think of faggot as sexuality, I think of it just as a word. Um, Oh, well then you're wrong. (laughs) I walked out of a show, I was at Coachella, and Tyler the Creator started screaming it out of someone in the audience, and like me and my friends, we were like, no one wants to sit here and listen to this, (laughs) and we walked away, and it's interesting about Tyler the Creator because he was saying it all the time before his last album, it sort of accepted that he sort of came out as queer on his latest album, but he said it so often before, and then now it's like, it's this weird history where you're like, but he's, he's you know, he's queer, and it's like, 
okay, Tyler, although I don't know that you ever thought this was going to be weaponized against you, which would have been a good reason to not fucking say it before at all. Yeah. Right. Uh, and then now it makes sense why, like, people like Sid and Frank Ocean, like, fucked with him. Right. You know, and stuff, because it's like, they probably knew that about him already, but it's like, it's this very weird place in history, just like with Eminem, where he was performing with Elton John and shit. That's my least favorite fucking thing Elton John ever did, and you better believe I remember the duets album. <laughs> it's just like, get get over it. I mean, Eminem is homophobic. That was something he used to, like, you know, em- embolden his lyrics, and, uh, I mean, I was in middle school when he was, like, you know, first came out, and you just would hear that word all the fucking time, like, blasting everywhere. It was, like, fucking disgusting. The fact that he now is, like... Well, I'm just quoting Tyler, the creator. It's like, you know, it's still not yours to fucking say. You know, the word has meaning. You're like a million years old. You're a million yeah, years old. Yeah, why did you bleep yeah. it out? He I bleeped mean, it like, out. Yeah. If, if you go say some shit, say some shit. Like, like it's a TBS uh, a <laughs> it rerun is, of Eminem. It yeah. really, I feel like with this whole thing, he was really showing his age where you're like, you just haven't quite figured out. Like you're fighting with Machine Gun Kelly. You're going after Tyler the Just like, you know, who told you to do any of that? You know what he's kind of like? He's like the Ricky Gervais of rap, where he's like, I don't give a fuck what anyone cares about me. My next release is about what everyone thinks about me. You know what I mean? Like, sincerely thin-skinned and can't get the fuck over it, but wants credit for being rad as fuck. Right, you know? he tries to be meta with it on this album, which I listened to once. And what's interesting is that He's gotten a lot of attention for attacking Donald Trump lately, mm-hmm. um, you know, because everyone wants the, you know, Mountain Dew man to fight um, <laughs> Donald Trump. But um, his behavior on the album is so similar to Trump's. Right. There's a point in the song where he like he's like, and I'm really sick of these fucking journalists writing about my <laughs> lyrics. These journalists need to suck a piece of meat and by meat i mean my dick (laughs) brilliant uh so he's like lashing out at journalists and critics and music critics on his album and it's like you are basically being like donald trump yeah yeah i i didn't i mean I, i really was taken by the machine gun kelly of it all because now i'm like now you're fight now that idiot released a song so now we've got you've now given us two mediocre projects um where machine gun kelly is now thinking that he's rap battling you i'm like you did look what you did <laughs> look what you did to us now and now everyone has to talk about this i was like what is a machine gun kelly a dick tracy villain <laughs> I forgot he was in that movie Beyond and, the Lights. And why are you fighting with like a twenty-six-year-old? He's like, how old? However old Machine Gun Kelly is, it's like, I was like, you look crazy. You're you're old and wealthy. It's even, why are you fighting with Machine Gun Kelly? It's even weirder because when we saw him, I was like, Eminem looks kind of good, and he mentioned the fact that like later, like he doesn't drink anymore, sober, he doesn't yeah. party, he's like sober, he clearly seems to work out a lot, so it's like, you fixed part of your life right. in that respect, because <laughs> you were like, I'm old, I should be healthy now, but <laughs> your music is still retrograde. Yeah. Whereas you could release an album that's actually about yourself. like. But he's not doing anything, yeah. that's the other thing, Like he doesn't that's really true. have anything to talk about other than- Drinking kombucha. Like, that's, right, that's why I think the Trump <laughs> thing, like when he did that sort of like, Trump diss track, it was like, oh, he's actually has something to sort of talk about. Yeah. But that can't, like, okay, you already talked about it, so I don't think you have anything else. And also, he, in that track, was talking about how Trump's, like, running scared from him or, like, sent, like, the Secret Service after him. It's like, you and fucking everybody else, Kathy Griffin, Colin Kaepernick, whoever, you And know? also, Donald Trump didn't even really comment on he you because com- you're white. Exactly. Right, yeah, there's that. <laughs> exactly. Um, which is another interesting thing, too. It's like, I know that there would be sort of the idea of mixing in Eminem with specifically what we're going to talk about later, other people who've come under fire for using the word faggot. But um, Eminem weirdly came up trying to be like a rapper in the 2000s. That was with D12 and everything now. But his music has shifted to the people who defend him online are like all like white young children now. And so it's weird. I don't even know who his fan base anymore. I don't know who he's making 
Hip Hop Four. I don't. But it's he has. He's about to have the number one album here and yeah. in the UK. So I'm like, yeah, who who are these people? Because people are apparently still buying and listening so, to this. And it seems like he has a younger fan base now too, who yeah. discovered him. Yeah. I was gonna say he's maybe among the only people from the who emerged in the late 90s who like kids today would still call a legend i mean like who else like pink i mean like who would who else is like in that racket you know britney oh the, yes britney exactly the, the spice legend. girls yes do they know the spice girls fifi dobson probably not, probably not. <laughs> christina million <laughs> <Hoku. laughs> What also happened in the past week is a few female rappers were dragged for their homophobic remarks. The City Girls' Young Miami tweeted that she would prefer her son to be heterosexual (laughs) rather than be gay. That's how it works. And when it was put on the shade room, she defended herself. (laughs) And then this bitch, Doja Cat, who lured us in with her song Moo, Mm -hmm. which was so good, she... (laughs) Her tweet. <laughs> she had old tweets where she said faggot before, but this tweet that she sent out that was an apology is maybe the funniest <laughs> thing I've ever heard. Said, I called a couple of people faggots when I was in high school in 2015. Does this mean I don't deserve support? I've said faggot roughly 15,000 times in my life. Does saying faggot mean I hate gay people? Do I hate gay people? I don't think I hate gay people. Gay is okay. (laughs) (laughs) She's thinking while she's tweeting. She's like, do I? I've said it 15,000 times. I don't know. Maybe like she's literally going through her thought process. That's my favorite form of people who use social media where it's like they pose a question in the tweet and then answer it. (laughs) It's like you, you know that. You can just right, answer it right, right there. You can think. You can without the typing. It's yeah. like which movie should I watch tonight? Oh wait, I left all my DVDs at home. Like, <laughs> you have a complete thought. I know that uh, City Girls have since apologized. Did Doja Cat apologize? I mean, this was her apology. No, I think she <laughs> might have. I think she might have sent. I can't remember. I know the City Girls because like they doubled down. And then clearly someone called them. Like, bitches, what? And And they apologized. Because they were clearly like, "Um, do you know the main people talking about you online are gay people, black gay people, um, and you have a large lesbian fan base, Mm -hmm. um, so maybe you should fix that. And then Doja Cat, maybe she apologized because Deborah Messing dragged her, which is a whole other story. I know, Deborah. And my thing is, too, like, Listen, this was messy, but also, Doja Cat's like this girl in her early 20s. She's clearly being a mess online. Like, she already got dragged by her fans. It was weird that then Deborah Messing quote tweeted it with, like, this kind of language is distasteful. She's like always trying to weigh in on something. And there's no way in this universe Deborah Messing knew who Doja Cat was. Right. There's no possible way until she saw this. And she, like, so you have no contacts with this person whatsoever, and now you need to tweet this, Deborah? Well, part of the problem is that Deborah Messing's Twitter account oh um, and uh. the accounts of many popular women who have gay fan bases aren't really tweeting for themselves all the time. It's clear that some of these women, and some of them we know that they do, some of these women have, like, gay um, like assistants or something right. whose job it is to tweet for them. That's it. I think Deborah relevant. is definitely her. Is the, that her? Because when you read a Deborah Messing tweet, the thrill of Deborah Messing's Twitter is that she is qu- clearly just discovered what's going oh, on. Yes, She'll yes. be like, what is this I'm hearing about? Th-? Like panicked. Like, like, picture like, like Sally Field in any movie. <laughs> like, like when she what? discovered she just, racism I this just, week. Yeah, I had to. And I, Sal, or Deborah Messing tweeted something like, I've never seen this type of awful racism in my entire lifetime. But you were born in 1968. <laughs> in it's your lifetime? You- <laughs> what are you talking about? And it's just, you don't have to, you just don't have to say, You she could have just tweeted the link to the thing and said, this is awful and racist. Yeah. That's all you had to say. That's all you had to say. Instead, mm. you're just making, like, you feel like you have to say something so fucking profound and, like, make everyone know that you really, really, really care. And then you say something dumb. In a world of these M&Ms and Doja Cats and 
You know, I wouldn't group Doja Cat in with Eminem, true. but yes. Uh, and white and white women <laughs> using gay interns to tweet for them. <laughs> um, what's been lost in this is that openly gay YouTuber turned singer Troy Sivan released his sophomore album Bloom, which has been hailed as an unapologetic embrace of his queerness, and I really like it. He's a young singer, good performer. <laughs> I would say it's a uh, kind of the album I expect, but it's not. He has like a great voice. It's the it's sort of that music that's between like danceable and moody. Like I can kind of move to it, like sort of. Mm. That said, um, there's a song on it called "Lucky Strike" that I really like, and also he is just fucking chronically adorable. I mean, I hate to say he looks like Scar- Scarlett Johansson, like everybody says, but I mean the guy looks like Scarlett Johansson. <laughs> and he has this song with Ariana Grande on his album, and if Ariana Grande is co-signing him, I'm here for it. It's 20, what year are we in? 2018? <laughs> right. Allegedly. Ooh, dear God. Um, no, I think I'm becoming an Ariana Grande fan. Yeah. I think it's happening. I'm I've a... been, I was not, I, I, de- I never disliked her, but I was ambivalent. And I did not appreciate the Mariah Carey comparisons because, please, there is no one Right, ever. when she first came no out, there were yeah. those. But that she seems but to have moved like, away from that. But she's her own thing, yeah. Uh, and she seems like... Um, like you know. the right attitude is what I feel about yeah. her. Like she's funny enough and yeah. never yeah. like grandstanding. You know, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Plus, she does so much work being a singer and being Nicki Minaj's parole officer. <laughs> <laughs> so there's that. Um, <laughs> I feel like she's the one friendship keeping her sane. She's her constant. <laughs> so yeah, Ariana, Troy, they're making good music. Haley Kiyoko, <laughs> Kalani, like. Hello, let's celebrate these people and bolster them. Mm-hmm. But queer pop stars are pretty fucking smart yeah. these days. I'm excited for them. Yeah. Troy Sivan, if you really want to sell some records, just say faggot on it. That's right. <laughs> You're gay. You can do it. <laughs> <laughs> when we're back, John Lovett joins us to talk about Steve Bannon. Hi, it's Martha Stewart. You know, I spend a lot of time thinking about dirt. At 3 a.m.? At all hours of the day, really. What people don't know is that not all dirt is the same. You need dirt with the right kind of nutrients. New miracle Grow organic raised bed and garden soil is so dense, so full of nutrient-rich, high-quality ingredients. miracle Grow is simply the best. Whether you're a morning person or a bedtime procrastinator, everyone deserves a mattress that works for their style. And you'll find the best mattress for you at Ashley. The new Temper Adapt Collection at Ashley brings you one-of-a-kind body-conforming technology, making every sleep tailored to be your best. The collection also features cool-to-the-touch covers and motion absorption to help minimize sleep disruptions from partners, pets, or kids. Shop the all-new Temper Adapt Collection at Ashley in-store or online at ashley.com. Ashley. For the love of home. On Monday morning, a New Yorker announced that Steve Bannon, chief white supremacist and (laughs) ugly person, would be headlining its October festival. Afterwards, a bunch of guests dropped out (laughs) and then they canceled Bannon's appearance. To talk about Steve Bannon, we have an expert, <laughs> host of Pod Save America, host of Love It or Leave It, host of The Daily. It is John <laughs> Love It. Yeah. <laughs> Excuse me? Hi, Ira. Hi. So happy to be here. I'm happy to have you here on my show. We are thrilled to give you <laughs> podcast lessons. You're going to love Hi, them. Hi, Lewis. Hi, John. Hi, Karen. Hi, John. I see you. Have so, co- I'm genuinely happy to see you. Yeah, he's sitting very close to me too. I see you have coffee you didn't steal from me today. Nope. This was <laughs> this I uh, bought with commerce. Okay. Um, Before I knew John from Crooked Media, we both went to the same gym, so we've seen each other in various states of disgustingness. And I want you to know that I cherish that closeness. I cherish the fact that you go to the gym with a planned wardrobe change. 
Oh, I sure do, sweetie. <laughs> There's two classes, and in between, I switch from the Cape Blanchett tank top to the Faye Dunaway one. Occasionally a Karen Carpenter. Oh, please. No, and then like a, some 71-year-old gay guy comes up to me and goes, I used to love her, you and know, then that's it. One day, I'm going to figure out who Karen Carpenter is. <laughs> right. You're going to say her name like so many it. times, and one day, I'm going to figure it out. Well, this white gay conversation has been riveting, <laughs> but uh, John, what did you make of Steve Bannon being invited in the first place, in the, you know, belief that we should listen to all viewpoints. So I thought, so Remnick, David Remnick uh, put out a statement about his decision, and I thought it was a very good statement. I think that there is a distinction between interviewing Steve Bannon and interviewing Steve Bannon in front of an audience at a festival in which he's receiving an honorarium. I think it is quite reasonable to say Steve Bannon is someone who played an instrumental role or at least an important role in our current politics. That makes him a newsworthy figure and someone worth talking to. I am also very sympathetic to the argument that, first of all, we hear from this guy a lot, but also, second of all, it's about context, and this was the wrong context. But I have a bias toward David Remnick. I think he has, I know personally from just his work with Ronan on the Weinstein story, I have an incredible amount of respect and admiration for him. I think he is one of the good guys. I think The New Yorker has elevated some of the best and smartest writers in politics. And I think he f fixed the decision. He expressed his regret and sort of reversed course. And I think that's good. Let me just say, the idea of Steve Bannon at a festival, period, <laughs> should disturb you. <laughs> if you're feeling festive, he shouldn't be there. Steve Bannon looks like a collage of every gross close-up on Ren and Stimpy. Just like the full <laughs> red-eyed... Disgusting, <laughs> pock, just like everything you could be gross about, he is that grossness. You, you know what I do wonder though, because I do, I liked his statement and he did change his mind. But what I would like to know is who was involved in making that decision and how many of the people involved making that decision were women, were people of color who would feel really like personally not even just like upset, but like it's the things that he says, he's a racist, he is an anti-Semite, he has said terrible things about women. And so having to sit and listen to that in the vein of we've just got to hear people out, it's a different thing when he's talking about you. And so I do wonder who was involved in the initial decision. And I have to believe that the decision to, to disinvite him involved hearing from some of those people. Right, because there's always this need to sort of feel like we should hear from both sides, from people who aren't particularly affected by all of those things. I mean, I don't know what there is to learn from Steve Bannon. We know that he is a big part of the Trump administration, was, you know, is really involved in our politics right now, but what do you need to learn from someone who thinks that only white people should be on the earth. <laughs> I'm just never going to get any more nuance. You know, like if he had a book out, what what's the secret chapter we're going to read? You know, was he recording Trump? <laughs> yeah, no, I think that's right. I, 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 I think that's right. The other part of it is we've heard from him so much. Right. Steve Bannon has been interviewed so much. Does ca people catalog it? Look at how many different places have had exclusive interviews with Steve Bannon. I think that he is miscategorized as some sort of a conservative intellectual when he is just a charlatan uh, and someone who saw a lot of value in white nationalism uh, and was proven correct. Yeah. Also, again, a festival of ideas. That's the last <laughs> motherfucking thing you need from Steve Bannon. Ideas, what? Right, the only, <laughs> I can picture him at an ideas festival in that scene in Indiana Jones where, uh, <laughs> Uh, the book gets signed. You know? Oh, sure. <laughs> yes, right. You know what I did also like was when Jimmy Fallon was like, I'm out, when they still had it. I'm like, sir, when, we, when we Jimmy... still remember. You think, you think we're going to forget the hair tassel, and it's not working. I do. I love the I'm out. Like, that's our Jimmy. We know. You know right, he doesn't like, even do explain. He doesn't even explain. We know, we know Jimmy, and he can't go along with this kind of shit. He's out. He's like John Jimmy Wayne. Jimmy Fallon is out. <laughs> what was Jimmy Fallon going to talk about at the New Yorker Festival? in the first place. I well, I wonder now if they're all going to be like, never mind, we're going. Because there were a bunch of people that dropped out. They who should I go. I think they should yeah, go. Yeah, I see. Go. They're, they're going to go now. No, Emily Nussbaum is going to interview Christine Baranski. Those are the ideas I need. Yeah, Doreen St. Felix you know is what? interviewing Boots Riley. I'm sorry. What are you going to learn from Christine Baranski at this point? Whoa. What, what are you going to learn? What are you going to learn? Anything? What Everything? don't you know? Oh. <laughs>
I'm just saying. <laughs> you know she's one of my favorite white women. I. You know that she's a 15-time Emmy nominee. You know I, that she is Diane Lockhart. My point is not to denigrate Christine Bransky, oh. which I wouldn't do outside of this room, but I sure as hell wouldn't do inside <laughs> of this room. My point is... What, what is she going to tell you that you don't already know? Excuse me. We all have mm. mentors. Okay. And they are constant teachers. <laughs> okay. Okay. And she, with her okay. hard haircut and her severity, have uh, just in essence teach me something. Have you seen Be Mamma yeah, Have you right. seen Sybil? Yes. Of course I've seen Sybil. Oh, definitely teach me about Sybil Shepherd at this I'm table. I'm not trying to teach you. I'm just saying that I, you know, I... Don't think I was gay until I watched them. <laughs> Alicia Witt, come back to us. Yes, that's mm. what I'm saying. Mm. All right. Well, on the subject of boycott, <laughs> you know, people are also mad at Nike <laughs> uh, because they put Colin Kaepernick as the face of Nike for its 30th anniversary and their Just Do It campaign. And white people are mad. <laughs> are they? Are they? <laughs> they are cutting their socks on oh social media. Oh my God, cutting their shorts, cutting the switches. Uh, I am sure conservative news will have a field day this week. They love talking about black people um, that they don't like. And um, are you going to buy some Nike? I will. I don't know. I did not occur to me to buy additional Nike <laughs> or to do anything to the Nike I currently own. Well, they're going to have new There's shirts, gonna be new, yeah. shoes. This going to be merch. merch. Ooh. Yeah, I'm going to buy some of that. Yeah. Hmm. I want to be kaepernick I just, I also <laughs> love the people that were like, look what you did, Nike. Good luck with the profits now. I'm like, do you, what are you, what? What? Do you know how much money they make? Do you, what are you talking about? Like, these people literally think because this dude's tweet got... 5,000 retweets. He's like, we've sunk Nike. We've done it. Right. It's like if Netflix put out one movie you didn't like. Right. It's like, no, but they're still like our gods and emperors. They think yeah. they're, they they're going to sink Nike by destroying things they've already paid for, things they've already given <laughs> Nike money for, that they're now cutting. Yeah, it, it is. I mean, it does feel like, like, uh, like writing, putting a Nike swoosh around a brick and then throwing it at like the USS John F. Kennedy and being like, <laughs> got him. <laughs> it's like destroying your own Keurig. Now you don't have coffee anymore. Right. Sorry they don't advertise on Hannity anymore. Uh, there was also this weird conflation of both of these things because they were like, you liberals are mad at Steve Bannon Ugh. for this, whereas we can't get mad at you and this, you know, <laughs> Black Lives Matter anarchist who wants to sell sneakers. Uh, and there's still this fact that we can't get people to understand, or at least people won't allow it, you know, to say that there's a big difference between Colin and Steve, and if you don't see that, you might be racist and not acting in good faith. And so dumb. So dumb. <laughs> well, there is a connection between what's happening to Steve Bannon and what's happening with Nike. And the connection is when one of two political movements in a country becomes toxic to the point where leading pieces of its political campaigns are considered outside the bounds of discourse, you not only sort of cordon off these this basically one of the two parties, but also you end up with a situation which in which taking a side is not controversial. The radicalization of conservatism has meant that all these ideas that traditionally would be debated that a company wouldn't want to weigh in on, they now feel quite free to weigh in because Colin Kaepernick is now seen as something that is not going to harm their brand because there's a consensus outside of this sort of cordoned off toxic Republican place that he's good. So we would not have gotten Colin Kaepernick and just do it if Hillary Clinton were president, do you think? I think Hillary would have been the just do it. Oh, I... Mm. Not not a bad substitute. If if you want to uh, win everything, believe in something. Sometimes <laughs> <laughs> that would have been the. Did you hear that, you Nike? You got, you, you got the copy of, yeah. ready. That's the motto of the wacky racist. Wait, risk risk Pete everything. Pete Campbell here writing his copy. <laughs> <laughs> risk everything. Support things that are popular. <laughs> <laughs> I do like that the tide is finally uh, turning 
a little bit with Colin Kaepernick because people still felt kind of shaky about like they always did the thing where they're like, I mean, I support it, but I, you know, I think we should we should respect the flag. And I don't see at least sane people um, saying that as much anymore. So there is that. And when we're all rocking our Colin Kaepernick gear head to toe, the real winner, as always, will be Nike. Yeah. Might, well, I, yeah, <laughs> Might I suggest a Kaepernick crop top? I'm just saying, let's diversify the merchandise. I'm not, I don't have much need for like more pairs of shoes, I'm just saying. Get out of here with that gay stuff. <laughs> <laughs> if, the, if Colin Kaepernick did a, a Nike commercial where he just edited it with, by the way, being gay is cool too. That'd be awesome. Just I'm, as an additional. By the way, I love gay people. Also. I am muting you on Instagram the first time I see you with a Kaepernick crop top. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have time for that comment section. <laughs> love it. Yo. When we're back, okay, stop. Whoa. Yeah, we're stealing it from you. Cool. The living room is where you make life's most beautiful memories. But your sofa shouldn't be the one remembering them. The new life-resistant, high-performance furniture collection from Ashley is designed to withstand all the spills, slip-ups, and muddy paws that come with the best parts of life. Ashley high-performance sofas and recliners are soft, on-trend, and easy to clean. Shop the high-performance furniture in-store or online at ashley.com. Ashley, for the love of home. And now for a game that I created for Keep It. It's You're called, like Milton Bradley. Okay, stop. <laughs> mm-hmm. Love what it. Is, how does it work? Oh, okay. Well, we play a clip. Uh-huh. And when you have something to say about it, you just say, okay, stop. It's that easy. And we discuss it. Mm-hmm. You think you can do it? I think we can figure it out. Okay. You know what we're going to watch? What are we going to watch, Ira? Because it's Beyonce's birthday and she almost starred in A Star is Born. <laughs> We are. And it was, what? It was yeah. going to be directed by Scary Old Tree Clint Eastwood. Clint Eastwood. Didn't, learning all of this yes. in real time. Yes. yes. Mm-hmm. So we are going to watch the Stars Board trailer with Lady Gaga and Bradley Cooper. Are you ready? Yeah. <laughs> Maybe it's time to let the Okay, stop. Is this, uh, what's that sh- that Nashville show that got canceled? <laughs> Nashville? Nashville, is that what it's called? <laughs> Hayden Panettiere about this to jump out. looks like an episode of Nashville. <laughs> and had Beyonce been in this film, I'm going to guess it would not have started with a Nashville, like, Hockey beginning. Talk. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe it's time to let the Okay, stop. <laughs> Just for those listening, we've seen Bradley Cooper. He performs in front of huge crowds. Oh, sure. He's a he star. But then he gets in his car. Mm-hmm. What does he reach for? Bottle a of bottle. Bottle of alcohol. It's it's already country strong. Bottle bottle of alcohol, right? That's. Is country strong not? Was that a movie? Yeah, it was that Gwyneth Paltrow movie. Whew. Okay. <laughs> Here's the thing. <laughs> There are not that many actors in Hollywood where if you go up to them and say, we have this script and you sing in it, that they won't grab it so hard you get paper cuts. (laughs) (laughs) You know, man, in the old days, I always knew, like, you were going to do something. Okay, stop. That is the voice. Of Dave Chappelle. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it is. What the, what the hell is he doing here? Getting, getting me excited about a film called The Star is Born. I might, I might be sold already. It's like John Legend in La La, in La, La Land. <laughs> they are luring Kara in. <laughs> All right. It's the first time I'm worried about you. Okay, stop. I would just point out that, again... Yeah, is he on the road? Is he performing in front of huge crowds? Sure. <laughs> but he's also walking into some kind of a group therapy session. <laughs> so he's troubled. He's dealing with something. And by the way, I just want to add, fame's a drug. 
Okay. That's true. That's what That's we learned true. the hard way. And this here. is the first time David Ch- Dave Chappelle is worried about Bradley Cooper. This is the first time. <laughs> and he probably discovered who Bradley Cooper was on set. <laughs> Can I ask you a personal question? Okay. Tell me something, girl. Do you write songs or anything? Okay, stop. <laughs> <laughs> Lady Gaga, who is the star of A Star Is Born, has been discovered performing what I'm going to call sad burlesque. (laughs) She is bathed in magenta lighting, and Bradley Cooper took one look at her and, based on the look, understands her. Understands Mm. her musical prowess, I assume. He just saw deep into her soul and saw that. He's about to look at her and be like, who is this diamond in the rough? (laughs) Just with his crazy, wizened, treasure of the Sierra Madre accent. Mr. Smith goes to Washington. (laughs) (laughs) But he also asked if she writes her own music. Which is a personal question. Yeah. I don't sing my own songs. Why? I just don't feel comfortable. Why wouldn't you feel comfortable? Almost every single person has told me they liked the way I sounded, but that they didn't like the way I look. I think you're beautiful. Uh, Okay, okay, stop. (laughs) (laughs) Bradley Cooper tells Lady Gaga that she's beautiful, and her face, it's like you told her that... (laughs) I don't even know. She's never heard this before. It's the most shocking thing anyone has ever said to this beautiful woman. Look, when a famously beautiful woman removes her makeup, she is a disgusting cow. Yes. That's, she's an uggo. She's a heretic. She's all that. She she's, doesn't have her lashes on and suddenly. She is unmarriageable, yes. uh, unlovable. Uh, she can barely get through the pink lighting of the burlesque house in which she is currently singing. Right, it's so pink. But also no one tells her she's attractive, but her job is to sexually thrive on, across, stage. on a stage and entice men. So She wrongly thought she was writhing in a fit of ugliness all of these years. <laughs> hey. What? I just want to take another look at you. Okay, yeah, stop. Okay, stop. <laughs> That's so creepy. I just, just want to make sure you... He's in a limo. He pulls up, rolls down the window of a limo. And, oh God. The first hour of the movie is Bradley Cooper helping Lady Gaga become famous. The second hour of the movie is Ronan following around Bradley Cooper. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> trying, to, trying to get him story. on the record. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's like he's like, I just wanted you to know there's a patriarchy and you live in it. Yeah. <laughs> this is a horror movie. And all the good times I find myself longing for change. Here's what we're gonna do. Come sing that song that I love. No, I can't do that. Okay, stop. I just want to say that this is a movie about Lady Gaga not being sure she can do it. And I find that slightly far fetched. (laughs) Look at me. All you gotta do is trust me. That's all you gotta do. Okay, stop. Do you think you could sit through an entire movie of Bradley Cooper talking like that? I think I can. I think I will. <laughs> yeah. I'm not. It's kind of turning me on. <laughs> oh, my God. Okay. <laughs> Ira's in. Play the... Ira's in. If we could play the clip now. Thank you. Okay, stop. <laughs> do you think Bradley Cooper was like, please go up to the mic and do your ghost noises? <laughs> I, here's the though. Bradley, you're in danger, girl. <laughs> <laughs> we should all be honest, though. I'm going to be honest and say, this is a trailer that you can try not to like, but when you hear Lady Gaga do that yeah, thing, I you're did. like, I'm in. Yes. <laughs> but she is so good. And her voice is so good that when that that all the other shit about the fact that it's yet another story about how, look, every talented woman... <laughs> out there is just one man away <laughs> from success. <laughs> Put all that aside, like all the intellectual reasons to dislike it. When she starts singing, I'm like, I'm gonna go this movie. Behind every successful oh, woman, there's a creepy man in a limo telling you, you are attractive. You wanna call him Gas creepy, but you don't you. even think that. You don't think he's creepy. You're in. I don't. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, wow. Love it. What? Thank you for coming on our show. Thanks for having me. I guess oh, um, listen to Love It or Leave It <laughs> if I'm, you guys want. I'll be on Love It or Leave It on Thursday. Oh, great. So there's that. It's so nice to be here because I can use my real voice here. <laughs> Wait, what's your not real ne- voice? As opposed to your character work? 
my uh, <laughs> my Pod Save America voice. Oh, uh, I see. Oh, uh, uh, my real voice. Yeah, we keep it real here. No, they're both my voice. <laughs> <laughs> I contain multitudes. I'm Code switching. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> did, did Tommy change his voice when he came, or was it through and through? Uh, I will say it was interesting hearing Tommy at this table because. A little bit of a little clip cl- creeped in, you know, just a little <laughs> bit. Oh, <laughs> oh, you th- oh, you th- pandering. Yeah, I don't, I don't know if I would call it pandering or just comfort. You know. Oh, sure. Oh, mm-hmm. I see. Finally, being himself. Right. Mm-hmm. We mm-hmm. enable that here. Keep it like a warm biscuit, mother. <laughs> 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 Goodbye, Ira. <laughs> <laughs> when we're back, keep it. If you're shopping while working, eating, or even listening to this podcast, then you know and love the thrill of the hunt. But are you getting the thrill of the best deals? Rakuten shoppers do. They get the brands they love with the most savings and cash back. And you can get it too. Start getting cash back at your favorite stores like Nike, Walmart, and Zappos. And even stack sales on top of cash back. It's easy to use and you can get your cash back through PayPal or check. The idea is simple. Stores pay Rakuten for sending them shoppers. And Rakuten shares the money with you as cash back. Download the free Rakuten app and never miss a deal. Or go to Rakuten.com to start getting the most bang for your buck. That's R-A-K-U-T-E-N. And we're back with our favorite segment of each week. It's Keep It. Kara, you look perched. I don't even... I <laughs> I feel like my Keep It this week is a little similar to last week. We're basically, I'm just telling you to leave a black woman alone. And this time it's Michelle Obama. Um, what they do to her? Donald Glover released a new music video for his song Summertime. And it's this really, it's a pretty cool video. It's like all animated. But it features a bunch of cameos from celebrities. And one of them is you'll see Kanye West. He's crying. He's wearing a MAGA hat. And then Michelle Obama comes up from behind and gives him a hug. And to that, I say, no, thank you. What? Do not bring Michelle Obama <laughs> into this at all. Or around him. Around him. She Like, they don't have a relationship. Her husband has called him a jackass. What are you also... I think Donald Glover, for me, his... The messaging and some of his art, I think it's a little muddled. Like, he's really trying to do something, like, cool and creative, and I appreciate that. But I'm like, what are you trying to say? Black are you women trying to will s- save us. Black, black women will save us. Are you trying to say Michelle Obama gives a shit about Kanye West? Why is he crying? He's not sad about that shit. He's been saying the same shit for, like, months now. Um, and I don't know what it means, and I don't like it. And I think Michelle could have been drawn better as well. Um, there was also, like, a Beyonce cameo where she's... In this shirt that says free, like R.I.P. Frito Santana, who's like, I think, uh, sh- what's that rapper from Chicago? She's like, he's like some rapper's cousin who died, which terrible. Fine. The fuck does that have to do with Beyonce? Stop bringing these black women into things they have not spoken about. <laughs> they didn't say anything about. They don't know these people. They don't seem to want anything to do with it. And leave them alone. The only supervillain that Michelle Obama has a relationship with. Is George, is George W. Bush. Bush. <laughs> All right, so <laughs> she does not have time <laughs> to be hugging Kanye. She doesn't. She's she getting doesn't. candy from George Bush at John McCain. <laughs> at John McCain's funeral. <laughs> Whose art are you more into right now, George W. Bush or Kanye? Well, oh, you know, God. <laughs> I really think that Bush is into his uh, cubism period. Oh, sure. The Rose period. I'm, I'm, just, I'm loving, loving, loving what he is doing with watercolors. It's just simply not being done. <laughs> <laughs> Lewis, what's your keep it? Um, as you know, I hate having to drag members of the j- game show community, as I believe that is my the community. game show community. Yes, okay. yes. Yep. Um, we were talking about Aretha's funeral earlier. You may have seen a tweet that circulated by a man who used to host Wheel of Fortune and is now famous for not hosting Wheel of Fortune because Pat Sajak took it from him. His name's Chuck Woolery. He hosted Love Connection in the 80s. He <laughs> tweeted this about Aretha's funeral. Help us. Even Jesus, our savior, had a simple funeral. I'm sorry. <laughs> I just can't hold back with all this pop and pomp and ceremony. I find it rather disturbing and distasteful. 
This is from a game show host. Just slap me on a crucifix and go. When I'm dead, I want understated. This man literally, for the television series Greed, would hold gobs of money and then give them to people. He was on a show called Greed, Greed, and he's talking about someone's pomp. Right. By the way, I don't know if we have video footage of Jesus's funeral. <laughs> I don't know if we kept it at a small crematorium. Wait, he didn't have a, I mean, it wasn't like a funeral, right? It was like he's in the cave and then he comes out and then he's now, he's Jesus. He right. came back to like, life. I don't think it was, yeah. I That's right. I found that extra. Okay. Yes. There was an all my children twist at Jesus's funeral. <laughs> So maybe chill about Aretha. <laughs> he fell three times on the way to the cross. Stunt queen. You know what I'm saying? A lot of go, a lot of shit going on at Jesus' funeral. Arguably a spectacle. Who's that man again? What's his name? Chuck Woolery. And by the way, okay. Chuck Woolery okay. also happens to be, we sit around talking about how Donald Trump is orange all day. This man is the deepest Crayola umber <laughs> you've ever fucking seen. <laughs> Uh, Go back to Fox News and like your weird fishing show that you once had, Chuck <laughs> Woolery. Bye. That you know this many Chuck Woolery shows <laughs> right. is maybe perhaps the story here. Lingo was his best effort. Mid-2000s game show network How show. many did he have? Uh, that's it. I think I named all of okay. them. You yeah. could just be making up things at this point. I know. Point. Right. We wouldn't know. <laughs> right. We would have no idea. Well, my key fit is for a alleged member of the comedy community. Oh. Uh, Michael Che. Oh, yeah. Oh, God, I hate him so, right now. I hate him right now. Louis C.K. crawled out of um, Pennywise's sewer and <laughs> started doing comedy again. <laughs> and the New York Times even had this creepy picture of him with look who's creeping back uh but oh that was weird if i talked about the new york times we'd be here all day (laughs) so i'm gonna talk about michael che who loves to use instagram stories apparently to (laughs) sass his fans and tell them his opinion and talk about what he's over yes he basically said that Louis C.K. has the right to make a living. Oh, you don't fucking say. And was just saying, you know what? He's doing comedy. He's doing his job. Let him be back on stage. And I'm just like, let (laughs) (laughs) Let Louis C.K. jerk off in front of you then, bitch. (laughs) Let him jizz on your pants. Oh, God. And see if you are going to be pro Louis C.K. then. Don't you need to be writing jokes for the Emmys? No kidding. Is he doing that? He and Colin Jost are hosting the hosting. Emmys. Michael Che. Hosting? Yeah. Michael what? Che and Colin what? Jost are hosting the Since Emmys. Since when? What? Since um, oh. the seventh seal of hell broke. I don't love that. You guys, I don't like they're that. They're the 18th best pairing on Weekend <laughs> Update in its history. Please be respectful. Also, the, the thing that really got me was that he has a right to make a living. He has more money than he or anyone would ever need. He's fucking fine. He could disappear tomorrow and not do any of this and he would have enough money and be fine except I don't know if you've got lawsuits to settle in the future perhaps maybe that's why he's uh, he's returning but the idea that we're like these men just like they gotta make a living what are they gonna do not this make it another way I feel like Colin Jost and Michael Chase sit around being like everyone's too worked up about this. It's like, it sounds like you just don't know the whole story. You're just ignoring people who have valid things to say. And you're, and then by the way, you're not being funny and you're supposed to be fucking funny. I think Michael Che knows the whole story. I think Michael Che has shown himself over and over again to not have a great deal of respect for women. Um, of course. So it, it's really just like, they just don't give a shit. And what, and these guys, they don't see what got men like Louis C.K. did. They don't think it's that bad, which is also when you're telling on yourself, because if you don't think that's, mm. that's a terrible thing that some should be you know punished for or they or they need to be away for a while i'm like that makes it seem like you've maybe done something similar if you think we should just sort of sweep this under the rug yeah we're on to you sweetie (laughs) what are you hiding (laughs) crimes i don't know Next on the Mystery Files of Shelby Woo. Ooh. Um, Cocoa Beach, Florida, we're coming. Do the Emmys, they don't do a lot. Like, the hosts don't do a lot, though, right? Like, we're not going to have to see a ton of them. I would say I it depends per year. I think it's it depends Ugh. per year. Well, you never know. They'll definitely do an opening monologue or whatever, but I don't sense a song coming from them. Or let me let me rephrase that. Please don't give us a song. None of that gay shit. Right. <laughs> <laughs> You know, Louis C.K. could also just like go work at Trader Joe's with Jeffrey Owens. Stop! Oh, <laughs> he was just no. on. He was just on Good Morning America, and it was so cute. It was cute. It was I love Jeffrey Owens. I'm just like, 
Louis C.K. has a right to make a living, he can go get any other job. Exactly. Also, right. he has a living. He He's did. got millions of dollars. Yeah, and okay? he, could, he could make a living not making rape jokes, which yes. is apparently mm-hmm. something he joked about in his set. So why don't you try and make a living that way? Yes, his comeback set had rape jokes in it. Like, go home, swimming your Scrooge McDuck coin case <laughs> with your <laughs> semen in it. <laughs> I had the, it. The semen makes it easier to swim through. You understand. Like, I keep not wanting to talk about Louis C.K., but he keeps popping up with something at the end, and I have to put it in the keep it segment. I don't want to talk about him. Yeah, I've, I've had enough. You're dicking your pants. Oh, God. That's when keep it. <laughs> we'll see you next week. I am adding myself to the Keep It segment to just say a big old keep it to Andy Lack and his memo attacking Ronan Farrow for his reporting on Harvey Weinstein. It is full of bullshit and already even Donald Trump recognizes that it's bullshit and was tweeting about them this morning. They're still not telling the truth about what happened with that story. They are still trying to cover up for their decision to kill that story. It is shameful. It is pathetic. They're doing it on the record now, which is a change from them doing it on background. And uh, that's it. Keep it. Keep it to that whole thing. Do we you know- were done with keep it and love it just burst in here like Faye Dunaway and Network <laughs> and was like, we are doing this now. <laughs> Do you know what else the truth is? This Ronan Farrow character is the son of Mia Farrow, who is in the wonderful movie Death on the Nile that everybody should see, where she is a murderer on a boat. What is interesting? How did that get? That? How did we get? <laughs> what, what does that have to I'm do? I'm sorry. The I'm lack of a segue jumped out. <laughs> I, <laughs> all I'm saying is we talk about this Ronan for person, and I guess he won a Pulitzer. He is related to a very special woman and he I is. just want to talk about her sometimes he is okay love it goodbye again <laughs> all right <laughs> on this episode of plant killers we'll explore one nation's most notorious fruit and vegetable killer bad dirt what makes bad dirt so bad the answer the ingredients but fear not true crime enthusiasts this story has a happy ending new miracle grow organic raised bed in garden soil it's made with quality organic ingredients from upcycled green waste like compost and aged bark unlike the other guys who can't say the same looks like bad dirt's murdering days are over thanks to miracle grow join us next time on plant killers Whether you're a morning person or a bedtime procrastinator, everyone deserves a mattress that works for their style. And you'll find the best mattress for you at Ashley. The new Temper Adapt Collection at Ashley brings you one-of-a-kind body-conforming technology, making every sleep tailored to be your best. The collection also features cool-to-the-touch covers and motion absorption to help minimize sleep disruptions from partners, pets, or kids. Shop the all-new Temper Adapt Collection at Ashley in-store or online at ashley.com. Ashley, for the love of home.